For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are the Believe in Monsters podcast, podcast by the Bears fans, for the Bears fans, here to talk about the Bears. Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in Monsters podcast. What a week. What a week we've got in store for you. Joe Gaither and Luke Berry on the Lounge Room Network. And we're excited. We took a week off, Luke, uh, last week. A little R&R, a little vacation for both of us. And uh, we're back ready, refreshed, to talk about our Chicago Bears uh, right, uh, right after some OTAs. We got a little OTA action today. A little bit of news to get into. For our Bears, a little speculation as well for the 2021 season. And uh, I'm excited to bring it to you. And you can follow us on Twitter at. Uh, You can follow me at Elberry underscore 40. And Joe, what is your handle? I am at Joe Gaither six. And we are Monsters Lounge, correct? That is correct. On Twitter? Monsters Lounge, yes. It's the gag. Okay, you can cut this out here, but the gag is that I don't know what Twitter handle is. I've done that every single week. I've asked you what it is every single freaking week. Uh, it's at Monsters Lounge is where you can find us on the Twitter machine, and uh, we'll be happy to take your questions, queries, comments, and complaints there about the Chicago Bears. What do you want to get into first, Luke? Uh, I want to talk about Justin Fields. Uh, recently, the organization put it out that he is going to get a chance to compete for the number one quarterback position. For that week one spot, I know a lot of people were probably assuming that's going to directly go to Andy Dalton, but now we might have a little bit of quarterback competition as we're in OTAs and entering uh, camp as we're heading into into the fall season. Uh, I want to talk kind of about that. I want to talk about uh, an injury. How do you get hurt? At OTAs, how do you how do you get hurt at OTAs? Well, a rookie did, uh, Daz Newsom, one of the one of the wide receivers, late round wide receiver from uh, North Carolina, broke his collarbone. Uh, the fellow is uh, fortunately going to broke his collarbone cleanly. Fortunate, fortunate for him, uh, he, he's going to be thankfully back ready for training camp. But it does set him back over the summer. Uh, and then I want to get into some comments that uh, David Montgomery made. Uh, they spoke to the, they spoke kind of with the press. At, around OTAs and he, he mentioned that he was disappointed in his season last year felt like he let the team down and I want to get your impressions on that and get into that a little bit as we look into 2021 and the running the football so Luke you uh dealer's choice where do you want to start tonight we can start right from the top I mean Justin Fields that's the the man of the hour the flavor of the week you know whatever you will this is a. Uh... I mean, it's not big news. I think a lot of people speculated that Justin Fields would probably start sooner rather than later. Um, and I am glad that the Bears front office and and coaches, you know, Matt Nagy's straight out coming and saying this guy's going to get his shot to compete and, uh, you know, 
possibly get the starting job as soon as he's ready. So um, I don't think that's groundbreaking news, but it's, it's refreshing to hear him admit that. Wouldn't you say, I think Nagy's pretty stubborn. Ryan Pace is normally very close to the vest type of guy. So this type of news is, uh, is pretty big for the bears to just come out and admit it. And I, I mean, I'm glad. I think a lot of people, especially on Twitter are very speculative. You know, saying fields is probably going to start right away. Well, you've got that camp of Bears fans, but you've also got, and this is more me, myself, is I thought, oh, uh, we're flashbacks to 2017. Mike Glennon is our quarterback. We're going to be playing Andy Dalton, uh, no matter what, the first four or five weeks, see if he's serviceable. And if he is, then he's going to carry us even further. For us as Bears fans, we remember Mike Glennon. He wasn't even serviceable at all. He was awful. Dog shit. He was un- unbelievable, unbearably bad. You know, I was calling for, for the kid uh, Trubisky right off the bat in, in the first week against the Falcons that year uh, on how wrong we were indeed on both accounts. But I, I, but I thought it was going to be a repeat of that season, of, of that, season that no matter what, uh, no matter how good or bad uh, Justin Fields looked at, that it was going to be Andy Dalton's team and Andy Dalton's uh, offense playing on Sunday Night Football against the Rams. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's refreshing to hear that we're going to have an open mind. And we're going to play. You know, we should just play whoever leads the offense better, whoever has a better grasp of the offense, whoever uh, can keep it moving fundamentally, whoever, you know, who, the idea of the name of the game is to score points. So whoever is scoring more points for the Bears, that's who we should play at quarterback. Uh, and if it's just the field, who I think it I think it will be uh, in the long run. Go ahead and throw him out there if he's better than Andy Dalton in camp. And now, will he be better than Andy Dalton in camp? That remains to be seen. You're right. And I think a lot of this also stems from just, you know, rookie mini camps. Uh, you heard nothing but glaring reports about Justin Fields, about how good he was, about the commands he took in the offense um, and the whole nine yards. And I also think uh, another big factor in this is his intelligence. Um, I think a big part of the transition to the NFL game sometimes isn't about how athletic you are. I mean, we've seen this with Trubisky. We've seen it with plenty of young quarterbacks where they get thrown into the fire and it's just, they're not mentally caught up and some guys aren't mentally strong enough to overcome that. You know, once they kind of get behind the eight ball, their learning ability and, you know, defenses can get in their heads that that really messes uh, with young quarterbacks. So I think Justin Fields intelligence and competitiveness are kind of driving um, this decision and Nagy's ease into saying, yeah, we're going to give this guy a shot. And whenever he's ready, he'll go in there. Um, so again, just really refreshing to see. Um, I also think it's pretty refreshing to see that he had Nick Foles third on the depth chart. Like he's starting fields second, I think kind of an old school mentalities. You might see, Oh, you know, Bill Belichick's making Mac Jones wear number 50 in camp, you know, like he's probably telling Mac Jones that right now he's the practice squad quarterback and the whole nine yards there. <laughs> so like, I don't know, man. This isn't 1960 anymore. Just be out front with it. You know, these guys know kind of how good they are. And without a doubt, I, I think we can say that Justin Fields is going to have a better career probably than Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, at least hopefully or else we're, we're in for a, uh, a very, very big disappointment. Well, gun to your head. If, if you had to say Luke Barry right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast, will Justin Fields be starting for the Bears in week one on the, that Sunday night? Yeah. You know what? I'm saying yes. Um, I know during our schedule release, we kind of try to predict where <laughs> we, that's what you were saying at the draft. But during our little schedule overview, we're kind of saying, you know, this, this week might be good for him. This week might be good for him. This week might be good for him. But you know what? When I sat down and thought about it, I said, we, we are approaching this wrong. We're thinking about this as, you know, 
This is Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. This is a very different situation than Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. The Chiefs were a damn playoff team, traded up from the back end of the first round up to the mid middle of the first round to get their QB. And even sitting Mahomes for a year, they still made the damn playoffs. They were, I think they won 11 or 12 games that year. Um, the Bears, I mean, the Bears are technically a playoff team on paper, but they're not really, really, you know, a playoff threat like the Chiefs were that year. Um, so to me, this, this screams Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn type deal. Um, you have two guys who are both brand new to the playbook. So Andy Dalton has no experience with this Bears playbook other than his relationship with Laser. And Justin Fields has no kind of experience with this Bears playbook either. So you have two guys coming out of the blank slate, learning the playbook at the same time. Um, so at this point, it's just going to be a competition on who's going to show out more in camp and in practice. And at the end of the day, if we know what happened with Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson. Wilson started right away because he was supremely athletic and just blew um, you know, Matt Flynn out of the water in every aspect. Sim- similar type deal. I mean, Andy Dalton's very uninspiring from an athletic perspective. You put a stud back there like Justin Fields, it's a whole new ball game. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a good comparison? Oh, I do think that's a good comparison. And, and you talk about when we speculated when, when we could see Justin Fields all oh, this week, that week, or this week, or that week, uh, as we went down the schedule. I honestly am going back to it, and I'm with you that week one, you know, it seems like, you know, you don't want to put them in there, you know, down the line, you're getting into some hard games with the Packers, Bucks, 49ers, and Steelers kind of back to back to back. You may as well throw them in there against the Rams. And then you've got the Bengals and Browns and Lions. You know, you've got, you've got a little bit of maybe an easier route. And, and, and I'm with you that, that uh, you know, both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are coming into this playbook kind of raw. Uh, obviously, the old connection between Laser and Dalton still exists, uh, which I think will serve him uh, to a degree. But it doesn't immediately make him head and shoulders above him. Uh, and I definitely, the athleticism is, is in Justin Fields' uh, Fields's camp. Uh, corner, no matter like, very easily. One thing you know that we saw happen this week. If we do move to Justin Fields and go ahead and give him the starting nod right there, week one, Ryan Pace has brought in uh, Morgan Moses apparently for for a meeting. A former tackle from the Washington Football Team, uh, and, and it seems like might be at least having a meeting with the with the Bears. I'm not ready. To, we're not ready to say that it's anything more than that yet. I guess. Uh, but having a meeting with the Bears, and if you can bring in a guy, you, you, you lost Leno, if you can bring in a guy at a good price, like Morgan Moses, that's really going to help out a rookie who's going to be uh, looking for all the help and protection he can get up front from his offensive, offensive line. Yeah, that's, uh, you're totally right on that. I mean, this when this guy got cut, I said this guy would be the perfect fit for the Chicago Bears. Um, I mean, he I, in the past few years, he's played every single snap for Washington. He's been a staple in that O-line. Um, I think they moved him over from left tackle to right tackle this year. And, um, I mean, take it for what it's worth, but I think, I, I, in my opinion... If I'd I have told you in the offense... Well, I was going to say, in my opinion, there's not really a great way to gauge offensive linemen besides, you know, just watching the tape, listening to some guys. Um, so, I, sometimes I take what PFF says with a grain of salt, but... I mean, for their offensive line rankings, I think that's pretty much the most reliable source for individual uh, kind of player ability. And they had Morgan Moses ranked as the sixth ranked tackle last year, uh, which is pretty damn impressive. I mean, that's 
that's the kind of guy you need to bring in to let um, Kevin Jenkins learn from. And honestly, I feel a lot better with Morgan Moses starting the line and Jermaine Effetti being kind of a swing player, can play guard, can play tackle, can play wherever you need him. If you need him, if someone gets hurt, if Jenkins isn't ready yet, whatever the case may be. So bringing in Moses would be a huge add. I don't think he's going to ask for an absorbent amount of money. I think he probably just wants to go to a decent situation, in all honesty. Yeah, I believe that he, he probably does want to go to a, a great situation, and the Bears can present that with a, with a uh, budding offense, uh, a young quarterback, and an offense that can, uh, you know, that can take off, that we've seen take off in, the, in different instances, in sporadic instances, very sporadic instances. Uh, and, so, and so I think that bringing in a guy like Moses would be uh, huge. And, and, and if I'd have told you in the offseason that uh, Ryan Pace is, is going to get rid of Leno, you know, b- before, you know, before the offseason even wrote down, and we're going to swap, swap Leno for, uh, for Morgan Moses, you know, basically one for one. Obviously, they're going to be opposite sides of the line. But you're gonna swap them, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you take that deal? You're saving yeah. money, and, and, and you're swap. You know, you're saving money, and you're probably upgrading at the position. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and it's it's ironic that Leno actually signed with the Washington Football Team, and they cut Moses. So, I, I mean, we'll see if the if they truly do a, a swap between teams here. Um, but I mean, Moses, uh, it's not like this guy is like on the brink of retirement. I mean, he's 30 years old, so, you know, maybe soon on the wrong side of 30, but I, he still has some left in the tank. And like I said, he's just a, a staple of a player. You know, he's going to stay healthy. He's going to do his thing and he's, he's going to be a, in a very above average tackle, which is kind of what the bears need. I mean, I don't think they need, they need a steady hand on that line to protect a rookie or whoever it may be, uh, you know, back there. And uh, like I said, if you're able to, create depth and make a fetty depth perfect even better because you have guys you know you still have young linemen on there you know daniels hasn't been healthy white air has had his issues with health so the bears need it for sure i'm i'm excited about the direction of the offense especially if you do bring in moses i'm excited about you know you bring in moses you i'm i'm in the camp that you don't need to start at Fields right there week one. I know you said that you predicted that he that he they would, and we've already we've kind of brushed on that uh, they were going to give him a chance to. But if you, your offensive line is play is good, and, and, and you know, and you can maintain balance and, and and protect Andy Dalton, I think that he could be serviceable in that role. If, if Justin Fields isn't quite ready, there's no reason uh, to rush Justin Fields along just because you have him there. Um, especially if you bring in a guy like Moses, it's just going to allow Andy to be, you know, be, be more, more serviceable than he already is or than he already will be and, and protect him. So I, I, I'm really, uh, kind of cautiously excited, uh, for, for this upcoming year uh, as a Chicago bears fan. Yeah, and I think this uh, this kind of signifies that we, we alluded to this before. It's a changing of the tide for Ryan Pace, trying to build the offensive line, you know, first and foremost, you know, up there with QB. Um, it, it's like this guy finally realized um, kind of what, what this team needs, especially going with a younger quarterback back there. So it's, it's good to see the kind of maturity and growth of Ryan Pace as a GM. Um, I mean, we've alluded to this in a previous episode. I, I just think, if he was able to bring in Morgan Moses, I think this is an A plus offseason for the Bears, no doubt. 
I agree for with for you, so. what the hand they were dealt in the whole nine yards. This has been a great offseason, in my opinion. I still the only thing after that is cornerback. I mean that I think there's still a hole at corner. Um, but it still can be addressed, or if they really do believe that Thomas Graham can start right away, okay, we're fine. I agree with you, but uh, it has been a very good offseason for the Chicago Bears so far uh, as we, you know, kind of are in the middle of OTAs. Uh, well, but it can't all be good. It can't all be good for the Bears uh, as well. Let's get into some bad news for the Bears uh, as oh, one, of the re- or one of their draft picks, one of Ryan Pace's recent moves, uh, Daz Newsom, was he a six-round draft pick? Uh, the news has come out that Daz Newsom broke his collarbone at OTAs today. Well, what do you think it means for Daz and uh, for the receiver room? Uh, and, and how do you break your collarbone at OTAs? They're not really hitting out there, Lucas, are they? Generally not, especially in this day and age. I mean, I, I think I've heard before on, the, on some radio stations where they say there's probably only about 10 or so practices a year where they actually go full pads and actually hit each other. So I... I believe OTAs are just a shorts and and maybe helmets type deal. So I'm not entirely sure how you break your collarbone doing this. You know, maybe he laid out for a pass. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's uh, it's definitely not good. Um, but they're they're saying that a clean break should be ready by training camp. I know we kind of always hear that stuff. Setbacks exist the whole nine yards. You know, maybe Daz Newsome can uh, soak in the playbook during this time he has off and. Uh, you know, that's always time I'll spend as well. So it's, it's not the end of the world. Definitely not. Um, what do I think it means? The Bears brought in plenty of depth for wide receivers this offseason. Um, you know, they brought in Demetrius Bird. They brought in um, Marquise Goodwin. They brought in Daz Newsom. Um, there's no, is there another speedy guy they brought in? Someone else I'm missing, Joe? I'm looking at a depth chart right here from rlads.com. I've got them with Thomas Ives. I've got a, a Javon oh, Williams. No. I've got I've got Riley Ridley, of course. Jester Way. Uh, Jester Way. Ever, I don't know who the heck that is. I'm just looking at rlads.com. Uh, this fellow, uh, Houston. No idea who that guy is. Birth date was 1994. Younger than me. Uh, let's see. Let's look at another bear. Let's look at Bears Wire. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, that's something different. Oh, his name is Demir Bird. For some reason, I was under the impression his name was Demetrius Bird. Demir Bird. Demir Bird. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the Bears brought in plenty of uh, kind of competition at wide receiver um, for that kind of speed over the top guy. Um, oh, Mooney. So, we never said Mooney. That's what I didn't say. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he's, he, he's kind of locked in in like that wide receiver probably yeah. two, two role this year. So I was more so the, the guys we, we brought in this offseason. So I think it's mainly those three. Um, I think it means, honestly, that Newsom could possibly lose a spot on the roster if he's not healthy in time, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't think they would cut the guy, but. Uh, I definitely think it could, um, you know, if, if one of those other guys just kind of steps up big time in his absence and the Bears don't plan to use him as a punt returner, which I personally think they will do, um, then, yeah, he could be on the outside looking in uh, 
in that kind of role um, of just being a speedster, you know? Absolutely. If he's not healthy in time, then it's going to be see you later, buddy. I mean, NFL stands for not for long. And, and the, what, what is it that Lewis Riddick says? Uh, the, the greatest ability is availability. So he's going to have to really focus his rehab and, and, and be ready to be, show out in training camp. Um, otherwise, he might be his best bet might be uh, snagging one of those practice squad spots and, uh, and trying to make his way onto the roster as a punt returner, as you just said, once he's really healthy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. This is this is definitely an interesting. I, I feel like every the past few off seasons have been extremely interesting when it came to the wide receiver competition and camp. Um, you know, for the past few years, we've thought about Wims and Ridley as cut candidates, and they still haven't been cut. This year, the Bears finally Shoot. brought in the Bears finally brought in you know two or three other guys who could legitimately start on the roster and push them off the roster. So. Um, as always, this will be another great camp. I mean, you're not going to keep eight wide receivers on there, so we'll see who makes the bubble. I mean, an injury could be the difference, for sure. Well, I'd hate that for the I'd hate that for the guy, but we'll just have to keep an eye on it and see what happens with him. Um, I kind of want to get into this with, with, with this kind of discussion with David Montgomery here. Uh, David Montgomery came out uh, pretty recently saying that he was disappointed in his 2021 season, his second year in the NFL. Uh, and saying that he felt like he let his team down uh, even, even uh, which I think is a kind of a, a dramatic statement, Luke. I want to just re- go ahead and read you what, what he did do last year. Last year, he uh, rushed the ball 247 times for a total of 1,070 yards. He got in the end zone eight times on the ground, and uh, what is he? on 68 targets, he had 58 receptions for 438 yards and two scores for the year. So he scored 10 times. And uh, cleared about fourteen hundred all-purpose yards, all fifteen hundred all-purpose yards uh, for the for the Chicago Bears offensively. Um, do you do, do you agree with David Montgomery that that he let the team down last year, or that you know, as a fan, you might be disappointed in David Montgomery's output from his twenty twenty one season or 2020 season? Excuse me, twenty twenty. The short answer is no. Um, the long answer is. I could possibly see someone being mad at him from a fantasy perspective or whatever nonsense, you know, I, I love fantasy, you know, I'm a huge fantasy player, but again, I'm not going to like ever hate a guy in, you know, on my favorite team or in real life um, for something that he doesn't do in fantasy. And I think David Montgomery's biggest thing last year was inconsistency on the offensive line um, kind of caused inconsistent outputs from him. So the beginning of the year, if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of a slow start, right? He started yes. heating up like toward the end of the season when the Bears finally got their line figured out. And to be fair, he played some very easy run defenses. David Montgomery started to play very, very well. Um, with Montgomery and any running back, it's a lot of them have intangible traits that I look for, and I'm like, okay, this guy's really good. Like I would say, Saquon Barkley is. Is really good for the things he does. Montgomery is really good, you know, because of his contact balance. He's not the fastest guy, um, but his contact balance, his patience, all things that make him really good. I still think, though, at the end of the day, these running backs are a product of their offensive line. So even if you have these great traits, which is what I'm seeing, I'm saying this guy's really talented, you could still not produce with those traits if your offensive line isn't good. So we're out here seeing David Montgomery, you know, bust his ass, breaking tackles. 
doing all kinds of crazy stuff to gain three extra yards and the line is just giving people free runs at him. It's like, it's crazy. So no, David Montgomery, you should not feel like you underperformed last year. Your line underperformed and you dealt with it because that's what, um, that's kind of the life of a running back in the league. Like I, I always say I would take, I would spend every single first round pick on a lineman and take an undrafted free agent and take a running back in the first round. Like, I'm you're on the same boat as me. I know we've talked about this before. It's, it's all just about building big up front. Well, didn't David Montgomery lead the NFL last year in, in broken tackles? I believe he did. Uh, if he didn't lead the league, he was very high up there. And David Montgomery, like you just said, that uh, he was constantly breaking tackles in the backfield, uh, you know, fielding and fending guys off. And, and, and what I love about him is, is he's always fighting for yards. He's never down until you've actually got him down. Uh, he's looking for another avenue. He's very creative with, with his vision. I know he's not exactly the fastest straight line guy, but he's pretty quick side to side. He's got, he's got some nice agility in my opinion. And I like what he's done for the bears over the, over the course of two seasons, especially considering how poor the offensive line has been over the last two seasons and the quarterback play. Uh, if you, you factor in both, both, uh, you, you deal a running back, Poor offensive line play and subpar to average quarterback play, you know, erratic quarterback play at best. Um, then that that running back is going to struggle to produce because all eyes are going to be on him and say, you you know, you you're the most consistent producer. Everybody, <laughs> all the, all the defense is going to be re- ready for for them to get the ball. So I'm really happy actually with two years of David Montgomery and excited to see what he does this year with uh, a, a commitment to the offensive line. Uh, going out and uh, getting Tevin, Tevin Jenkins and bringing in um, potentially potentially bringing in Morgan Moses. Uh, I, I'm really excited about what the offensive line could look like and it, what competent quarterback play uh, and, and could, in the passing game could provide for the running game uh, and for David Montgomery. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, if you bring in a guy, you know, if, if Fields is starting, Defense is not the defenses have to just worry about that RPO game, which you know Matt Nagy is going to try and run. Um, but when you have a true RPO quarterback who could literally tuck and run the ball at any given moment with four four speed, you are just opening up the field so much more for your. It makes it the game so much simpler for your running back and your offensive line and your wide receivers. The big thing is you have to hit the timing throws. You know when the when the read is right. Um, so that's going to be huge. And I mean, if Fields is able to do that, the sky is the limit for David Montgomery um, with Justin Fields as his QB. The sky is the absolute limit for this guy. What do we think of that? Uh, the backup running backs, your Damian Williams, your uh, Tariq Cohen, and Khalil Herbert are going to do to cut into uh, uh, production or opportunities for, for David Montgomery this year? I don't think they're going to cut into his production too much. I mean, I think we kind of saw the allotted amount of carries last year with, with trying to get CP in the mix. Um, how many, how many touches would you say he got a game? Maybe like sometimes seven or eight total with catches and everything. Um, Roughly. Sure. I mean, maybe with Damian Williams, he gets a few more carries than that. And I think Cohen, although we might not like it is mainly used in the slot. David Montgomery is probably going to touch the ball about a similar amount of times. And I, I don't think it's that insane. I mean, how many carries you say he had last year? Like 240, 247. And he, he had 242 his rookie year and then 247 his second year. Right. But he caught 50 balls last year. So 
I would say Call maybe. 50 balls. Yeah. I would say, although he's a great pass catcher, I, I would say maybe Terry Cohen bites into his receptions a little bit, um, especially on design pass plays. Although, it's, you see the, uh, the, the reception video from OTAs, Justin Fields, kind of like a little 20, 30 yard little, little fade pattern into the end zone. It's it's so it's so easy to get excited about those videos, man. I it, it really is. It's just it, it's great to watch. It's just like this guy I wanted on my team so bad is actually here, and we're watching videos of him in OTAs. And uh, speaking of which, I'm super excited to see that uh, 1920 uh, football drive, the Bears special coming out. You know, you know that, Bill. Tell me about it. Tell us and all our fans about it. Uh, so the Chicago Bears last year, I forget how many parts the series was, but they were releasing these videos, this 1920 football drive every week last year, uh, kind of during OTAs and stuff to give fans a little teaser of what was going on behind the scenes. Um, and this year they're starting episode one uh, with the draft and Justin Fields pick. And there, there's going to be some footage in there of, uh, you know, his conversation with Coach Nagy and, and the whole nine yards. So it looks pretty sweet. Uh, it's probably a must watch for Bears fans, especially because I know we're all just waiting for uh, the season to start here, so definitely tune in. I think you can catch it on YouTube, and I'm sure the Bears will post it all over their social media. Ooh, I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. Uh, so we'll have to kind of comment on that. Uh, we'll, we'll make that a subject of, I believe, in Monsters podcast, breaking down some of those videos. Looking forward to getting into that, Lucas. Thanks, speaking speaking of OTAs, uh, the Bears had perfect attendance today. Minus one Nick Foles, who had a personal reason, and minus one disgruntled Allen Robinson. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, I, it shouldn't be a big deal, but I, to me, like when the whole team is there and you're one of your highest paid players is just not there with a young quarterback, that doesn't really sit well with me, honestly. I don't, I don't think people are talking about it enough. Well, you paint a, a little. A uh, bit of a picture there. Uh, the whole offense was there, minus Foles and Robinson. The defense, what I've read, was very absent. I, I, I've read that the only starter on defense that was there was Roquan Smith, uh, and, and that a, a few of the corners were there uh, who were competing for that corner spot uh, were there. But other than that, it was a bunch of backups on the defensive end. And what I make of that for both, I mean, addressing Allen Robinson first uh, is, you know, I just go get some. I just want to clarify yeah. real quick. I, I did not. The information I saw just stated that. I, they didn't specifically say that was just the offense. So now I'm seeing how it was kind of a little bit biased um, with, with the picture see. they Let, painted with those we'll words. Win. But uh, okay, you can continue. I just wanted to clarify that I honestly didn't know that the, uh, there were, most of the defense wasn't there either. So. But to your point, yes, the the whole offense was there minus one Nick Foles. So that is interesting, especially with a whole new unit back. All right there. here, yes, Adam Adam Johns. The uh, the open period of uh, of the Bears OTAs has concluded. Most notable thing: the number of defensive starters not participating. Nearly all of them. Roquan Smith was the only one present. So maybe participating is a little misleading. Were they present and not participating? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, so, uh, that'll be interesting to, to kind of follow up with over the next day, couple of days. Uh, so we'll see, but uh, yeah, you, you, Alan, Alan Robinson, 
go get some chemistry with your young quarterback. Go, go make yourself, make, make both of yourselves a lot of money. Go get some timing and some rhythm down. I guess uh, maybe to some extent you've got the disgruntled aspect and maybe also to another extent you've got uh, uh, maybe some confidence in both their skills that they'll be able to get onto the same page pretty quickly. Um, and they probably will uh, because they're both talented and uh, I, 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 they present themselves pretty professionally. So I think that their professionalism will prevail. Um, but, you know, as a selfish fan, go, go, go out to OTAs, earn, earn your money. You sign, you sign the franchise tag uh, and, and get some chemistry with our young quarterback. On the other hand, it is, it is great to see that, you know, you do have all of your offense there, minus Nick Foles, who apparently had an excuse, and then minus Allen Robinson. Um, because this is, I would say, this is a fairly, there's a lot of new pieces on the offense, so it's great to see them out there getting chemistry, the whole nine yards. I don't care if it's OTAs. Like I said, it's go out there, be with your teammates, get on the field. Uh, all that is huge in, in the long run, and for the most part, I would say it's pretty refreshing to, uh, to hear and read about. So um, overall, I mean, like I said, this offseason has just been, in my opinion, knocked out of the park, and I'm excited about the direction of the team. I am too. We'll see what happens going forward uh, with with the, with the Bears, and uh, we'll have to now keep an eye on, on 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 that. Sure. Let me ask you this: How do you feel Answers about no. the, direc- the direction of where Soldier Field is going? Uh, there's been a it's been a hot topic convo. Uh, Twitter is torn on this. Twitter is very torn on this, and and this is coming from two non-Chicago residents, by the way. So we'll be able to give our two cents. I mean, Joe, you can, you can take it away first. How do you feel about this? I, I know I feel strongly about this. As a non-Chicago resident, I think that uh, the, the, the stadium should stay on the lakefront. Uh, and, and I think Soldier Field just stay right where it is. Uh, maybe if you're going to give it some renovations, that's perfectly fine. That's no problem to me. But uh, I, know, I know a big argument is, oh, parking is very bad, and not this, that, and the other. Uh, well, the two times that I have been there, uh, I've stayed relatively j- just outside the city, not, not, not too far, but just outside the city, and I have ro- ridden the train in, and it has been quite an experience to ride the train in uh, bo- both times with a bunch of people wearing Bears j- uniforms, you know, just everybody ex- getting excited about the game. And then walking through the park, getting, go, 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 getting through, you know, walking past the Field Museum, just the whole experience of kind of getting matriculating through the city to the stadium kind of, uh, you know, puts me, put me right in the mood. Um, now, I guess if I was dealing with parking, that might be a different, different thing. Uh, but, but, and I, and I understand it's one of the smallest stadiums in, in the league. So that makes, it, it makes ticket prices go, uh, kind of go up and, and, as a chief, as, a, as kind of a chief skate, I don't love that, but we deal with that because our team's very popular, and that's just kind of the price you pay for popularity. Um, but yeah, it's my opinion that uh, the stadium stay right where it is, uh, just because of the experiences that I've had where it's been well, while, while it's been there. I am one hundred percent with you, Joseph. It is. I just. When, when I fly into Chicago, the first thing I see is that beautiful lakefront. You see the skyline, yes. you see the lakefront. And that, to me, just represents where that stadium is. It's right on the lakefront. You can see the skyline in the background. It is gorgeous. It is a perfect location for a stadium. It's one of the most unique locations in the league. I mean, 
that is just priceless to me. You know, you can't build me, you know, a 90,000 seat, 100,000 seat stadium and just, and just plop it in the middle of the suburbs and tell me that that is better than the lakefront location. I'm with you. If you want to renovate it or if you want to knock it down and build something else on that land there, okay, do it. Keep it where it's at, though. Don't move it to the damn suburbs. One, I personally don't. Soldier Field gets loud as hell. When it's the playoffs, when it's cold out, and when that stadium is packed, it is loud. You know, I, I don't need, you know, 100,000 seats or whatever there to kind of appease me for a home field advantage. The home field advantage to me is playing on that lakefront when it gets bitter cold. Like, if the Buccaneers come to town, they're not, they're not winning that game in, in the wintertime. I mean, maybe with Tom Brady, but normally, like, a, a warm-weather team like the Buccaneers would come to your stadium and get smoked in the wintertime. Absolutely. Remember the Bears, the Bears playoff when they went to the Super Bowl, man. That weather, you don't think that that impacted the Saints game when it was snowing and Erlacher just looked like he wanted to murder someone? Like, well, I, I, I know that uh, the attraction is to build a new stadium because of greed and because, uh, you know, building a nice new modern stadium, you can host a Super Bowl. Uh, but well, this is the other you know, thing screw your dome. You can take your dome and shove it right up your rear end. Like I said, I want the cold weather, dude. When it's when it's cold, that's football. That is football. You know, it, it might sound greedy of me to not want Chicago to have a Super Bowl or whatever. Well, I think the I think the Lions and the Vikings are kind of a uh, you know, I think they're they're soft for having for having a dome. So uh, you know, get out of town. You're in the NFC North. This is the cold weather division. So uh, get used to it. I agree, a hundred percent. And it's like I said, that's just that's football. And I think that at the end of the day, that comes to your advantage. Playing in a dome does not come to your advantage. If anything, it just makes the other team feel more comfortable when they're going on the road and it's a temperate 70 degrees in there because you wanted to host, because you want to host all this other crap. Yeah, so we'll have to that's, see what... That's, uh, that's probably a selfish take, but you know what? I don't care. As a Bears fan, I don't, I don't care, care either. We're fans. We're fans. That's so we're going to speak our mind as fans. So and I'm with you, man. Riding the train is an experience. It's a freaking experience. It's great. You're with a bunch of a whole bunch of other people wearing Bears. I mean, maybe not during COVID, but you're with a whole bunch of other people wearing Bears jerseys. Everyone is giddy. And that's not to mention the countless number of people who drive home drunk because they're allowed to park their car at the stadium. So Of take- course. Take the damn public transportation and shut your mouth. McCaskies, leave the stadium right where it is. Uh, That's my two cents. We'll see what happens. Mr. Barry, we flew through it. It Was was there anything else I've missed? Uh, We hit hit a lot of small topics tonight. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast that is the offseason. You know, a lot of of many things going on. I mean, we had the... uh, the Darnell Mooney, Jalen Ramsey scuffle a, a couple weeks ago. That was that was interesting. I mean, I, I think Do you, some. Do you think Darnell some, Mooney was even uh, involved in any of that? I can tell you, Darnell Mooney does not care about this man. If anything, he probably sees this crap and chuckles. But uh, I, I, in my opinion, I, I think it's pretty bad on Ramsey's part that he lets this kind of stuff affect him. I mean. I don't think any Bears fan realistically think Mooney is on the same level as Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league, no doubt. You have to admit that he got cooked that play. And, uh, you know, Bears fans let him hear it, and he took that to heart. And 
it, it just turned i mean when you whenever you take something like that to heart it, it just turns into a joke and bears fans just turned it into a joke and now you know now it's a clash of now the rams are our biggest rival apparently just because <laughs> because it's just it's dumb man it's so dumb it's the off season we got to create some storylines and uh storylines and talking points and uh, what are we? We're right at a hundred days or so from the from the from the Bears kicking it off against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. But until then, we'll be with you all the way through the off season right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Follow Lucas Berry at Lberry underscore forty. Follow myself at Joe Gaither six. Follow the podcast at uh, Monsters Lounge, and we'll be putting out all kinds of stuff right there. Until next week, bear down. Uh, yeah. Bear down, Chicago Bears. That's right, baby. And uh, just that was, that was horrible. That was you're gonna cut that because that was horrible. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.